So today we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2. This is Chapter 22nd. Uh, we had completed till verse 10, I think 11. 11. So we are starting from verse 12 onwards. The chapter is called Elements of Material Creation. Nature exists originally as the equilibrium of the three material modes which pertain only to nature, not to the transcendental spirit soul. These modes, goodness, passion and ignorance, are the effective cause of creation, maintenance and destruction of the universe. We had completed this verse, but I had left the last three lines incomplete. That is, uh, the modes which are called goodness, passion and ignorance are effective causes of the creation, maintenance and destruction of the universe. So this I will do a small uh, satsang on this. So everything in this world is divided into three. That is the birth, the sustainable part and then the death. So birth and death are sort of inevitable. We say you know, birth and death is there. So what is this birth and what is this death? The moment you are born. Birth happens at that particular moment in time. There is a lot of controversy which is there in this world, especially when abortions are concerned. So the idea about birth, vis-a-vis -vis the abortions that are, you know, people in some of the countries allow it, some of the countries do not allow it. Some countries which do not allow this kind of a thing. Why? And some countries which allow it. Like say for example in India and some other countries. Abortion is a very common thing. Though India is a very very religious country but still. It's a very very common phenomena. Some countries like Ireland or United States. There is a certain amount of restrictions. Some of the states do not allow. Why is it so? It is believed that the fetus, the child that is there in the womb of the mother, is alive, having a kind of a life in it. Uh, this by itself, the moment you go through with abortion, you are actually killing an entity. And that is the reason why it is not allowed. But then why is it that some countries allow and some countries don't? The idea is that does the body have life or no? This is the controversial question. Now when does life start? Life starts even before a zygote is formed. You know what a zygote means? The male and the female egg and the sperm coming together to form a body, form a male-female bond. That is called a zygote. Before that, it is just the sperm and before that, it is just the egg. Do you have life in that? The term life in this particular entity. Yes, of course, 100% there is life in it. The sperm has life of its own the zygote, the basically the egg also has a life of its own. Coming together creates a combination of a new entity. 
to combine, they create a new entity. So, whether there is life before, yes, there is life before. Do you have life after the combination? Yes, there is life after the combination. But the formation of the entity does not happen according to science for another few more years, few more months. But for the spiritual people, you have to understand everything happens, we call it as everything happens by the will of God. Alright? Now this is something which science may not accept. And that is the reason why the controversy is there. Alright? So now we have come to the creation, maintenance and destruction. So this creation I have just now given an idea about the birth aspect. Maintenance. The moment you are a body, till the time you die, it has to be maintained. That is the part of a second entity. Then we have the third entity. The third entity is called the destructive element which is in mythology it is called Shiva. But in reality everything that is created has to die. Created means that which has a life. So let us take for example there are birds, animals, human beings and so on and so forth. The plants the plants and trees also, they also have a life. So they are born, then they sustain for a few years or maybe few months and then they die. But let us take for example a crop, the cereals or the grains, are they alive? So if you take a wheat, rice or any other, is it alive? You cannot understand till you have actually put it in water or put it on the ground and then watered it for some time. Then the sprout will come. Was there life before or is there life now? It is exactly how we look at eggs. So there are fertilized eggs and there are non-fertilized eggs. What we eat you know, in our daily life are the non-fertilized type. Okay? They are available in the marketplace. If you take that egg and if you try to hatch it, it is not going to give uh, babies by the way. <laughs> no chicks will come out of it. But the fertilized egg is a different entity. So did that other egg which is the non-fertilized have life in it? It's again a question. But that is the reason why we have to first understand the three modes of nature. The three modes of nature are Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. So there is goodness, Sattva, passion that is Rajas and ignorance which is Tamas. So these three Gunas, Gunas means modes of nature, they exist in this world. You can classify every individual, every entity through this way. Now, you may say that whether 
it is applicable to humans or it is applicable to animals also it is applicable to everybody so you will find that there are dogs also there are lazy dogs i'm sure you have seen lazy dogs they will not even get up so when the master just calls them for uh, you know eating something they will get up and they will wag their tail and come towards otherwise they will just be sleeping somewhere so yes we have a dog like that <laughs> then you have an over reacting type of a dog who just goes round and round and round you know just barking away jumping here and there over active that is the second type which is called passion and the third dog is a very genial kind of a dog you will find that most of the you know golden retrievers and those kind of dogs the big you know the great dane is a very mild person mild dog <laughs> so you can find these three kinds of species three kinds of dogs also human beings also exist in these three modes so there is a human being who is lazy don't want doesn't want to do anything just not interested in anything full of inertia full of negativism is interested in doing all the negative things in life i'm sure you have seen such a kind of a person in your life so that is one second one is a hyperactive person always interested in doing something or the other running around here either and thither and interested in making money power fame fortune you name it everything that person is interested in everything is very passionate about life okay wants to establish a family wants to have children continue their life see countries go here there such a kind of a person then you have the third type which is called the goodness the goodness is a person the person who is full of goodness is kind compassionate loving has belief in god so on and so forth so that is a completely different individual he is not lazy at all if you give him some work now he will definitely do it but he will not count it as oh i have done the job he is not going to say those words he will just do the work and carry on to the next he believes that that is his duty so those who are duty bound and who those who consider the third aspect which is called goodness now all these three aspects are responsible for rebirths now when we say rebirth we have to introduce a concept which is called the concept of karma what is karma the karma is in let us say in scientific terminology it is every action has an equal and opposite reaction newton's law i'm sure you have studied newton's law in school all right every action has an equal and opposite reaction right it also involves commercial transactions it involves all kinds of transactions what is a commercial transaction a commercial transaction is let us say you have gone to the supermarket to buy a packet of lays you are supposed to pay the money and then buy it imagine you are standing in the aisle and eating the entire packet of lays and just walking out of the store 
is not a done thing. That means you have gone and eaten it and not paid for it. Here we are talking about you are going to pay for it. So it's a transaction. And in the transaction, it happens to be that you have to pay for what you take. So now two things I have put together. First is equal and opposite reaction and a transaction. So a karma is defined more or less like a transaction. If I have taken 10 dollars from you or 10 rupees from you, I have to return it back in the form of a service or a product. Isn't it? Now if I go to the market and I buy, I want to buy groceries. Okay? Now these groceries I am, I have to pay by means of cash or card, some kind of a transaction. In life, human beings do transactions on a day-to-day basis. These transactions are extremely important. You may say, why are these transactions so important? They have to be completed. Otherwise, I will say that you have robbed it. Isn't it? So if I take a hundred thousand dollars or one lakh rupees from you or some work that I have, I need to return it back to you in a time that is specified. This is what is known. Or if I have bought a house, I have to pay the entire amount. If I have earned some money, I need to pay the tax to the government. If I don't do it, if I have taken your one lakh rupees, and not given it back to you, is the transaction complete? No. Similarly, I have have taken a house and I have not paid for it. That also means that you haven't completed the transaction. In a similar manner, there are lots of transactions which happen, which have to be fulfilled. If I do not fulfill them, completion of the transaction doesn't happen, I keep it open-ended. That means I have to someday pay for it. Now you will find that other religions in this world do not have this kind of a concept of karma. Say for example Christianity doesn't have a concept of rebirth. They don't have a rebirth concept. They do not have the concept of karma also. But in Christianity is said what you sow so shall you reap. Whatever you sow, you are anyway going to reap benefits of that. So if you do bad to somebody, you will have to pay for it by going to hell. So the concept of hell comes over here. The concept of heaven comes when you do good to people. Isn't it? So you have done good to somebody, then you go to heaven. That is what is believed. Now, Islam also doesn't believe in that. Islam also believes what Christianity believes. There are many religions in this world which do not have this concept of rebirth. Sanatan Dharma, this particular book that we are doing, 
is clearly talking about there is a rebirth. Now, I will justify the reason why this Krishna says there is a rebirth. You will find that certain things happen in this world. As per karma, if there is a husband and a wife, alright? There is a husband and there is a wife. Now, the husband is a wife beater. He beats his wife. Right from the moment he is, you know, got into this marriage, he has started raising hands on this woman. And she has continuously got beating for next 20 years of her married life. And yet, she has not complained, she has not said a single word to anyone. I would like to ask you this question. Is this action justified? The answer is no. What the man is doing is completely wrong. Now, if yesterday we said, now you have God in you, I want you to think about, if you are that God, what is the kind of equation you will want to have for this woman and this man? The answer would be, I would like that man to receive exact thing which the woman has got. So let us say, the man has slapped this woman ten times. What is justice? Justice is, that this man slaps this woman back ten times, isn't it? Then only justice is served. Otherwise, there is going to be inequality in justice, isn't it? So the concept of karma is this. So in this one particular life, the man has been beating this woman. The woman has not been able to repay it back to this man. So naturally they have to come back to birth once again to repay that. There is no concept of hell over here. Repayment has to be done. So in one life, this lady will have to become a man and this man has to become a woman and then the reverse action happens. So this man in this next life will beat exactly 10 times this lady. But does the karma happen in that exact quantity? No. Maybe in the next life, this person, this man, will beat this woman. See, I, I hope it is not getting more confusing. Remember, this woman was earlier man. So, it's a reverse thought phenomena. So, it is this. let us say this is a man and a woman. Now, in the next life, it is like this. This has become a woman and this become a man. It's a reverse thought phenomena. So, but this equalization never happens. And because the equalization never happens the births continue and the births continue and the births continue. So we have an idea about rebirths. You may still say, why rebirth? There are lots of cases where there are young children of 4-5 years, they have been raped and killed and murdered, you know. I am sure you have heard. There are, somebody has done something to them. Now if you are the judge, what would you want that person to go through? The answer is pretty simple, that you would want the position reversed out. Then only equalization happens. So now we have introduced another concept where, why should somebody suffer? So the suffering is not equalized this way, so it has to re continue again and again and again. Now did you see why this, the mode of third mode that is called ignorance continues? 
passion continues when remember passion is associated with activity one person in the family is very very active he or she really work very hard in life and the others just sit and eat they don't do anything you will find that there are lots of people in this world where the families are concerned there is one very hard working member and rest of them don't do anything this hard working person needs that kind of a rest also isn't it so in your world don't you think this is an extremely important thing to do you need to pay for that similarly you will find that there are very very rich people and then there are very poor people don't you want the poor to also become rich yes definitely you want the poor people to become rich you want them to have wealth also there are homeless people in this world and then there are people who have homes don't you want the homeless people to have a home you will find that lots of places in the world there are people who don't have a home for many many years you know 20 30 years they are just roaming around here and there as a god almighty definitely you will want them to also have a home some people are born lame some people are born deaf as a god you will definitely want them to hear isn't it you as a god you want them to have proper feet or legs or hands you know you want them to have that so in one life of theirs they will have to have that so the second one which is called the mode of passion also gets executed in a cyclical form so in this life person may be absolutely poor so in the next life the person needs to have money needs to be rich needs to be wealthy then only equilibrium will be set the third one is called goodness now goodness is something which everybody thinks shouldn't give us rebirths think about it once again why shouldn't it not give you rebirths the third mode which is called sattva goodness should it give you rebirths or should you be going to some kind of a heaven the answer lies in this a transaction is completed by two people all right so the transactions needs to be completed in the reverse order as well now if there is a homeless person and out of compassion you have given that person 10 dollars you have given a homeless person 10 dollars what does the law of karma state is that person going to give you back this homeless person will not return the favor back to you but the law of karma states that there has to be equal and opposite similarly in life we have done a lot of caring for people definitely there might be a grandmother a grandfather who is old who is having a kind of a maybe kind of a disease there are children there are people around us and we have helped them we we always believe that we i am helping somebody so you have helped a person by giving some money or by doing some service to that person now what happens the law of karma says you have to return it back isn't that person supposed to return back that favor to you then only equilibrium will be there in this world isn't it so this person this homeless man 
has to return that ten dollars back to you. And in this life, if you don't meet that person, you will have to meet that person in some other life. So, are you not guaranteeing yourself rebirth again and again? Even if you are God Almighty, think about it. Can anybody's favors be returned? No, unless they are returned in equal and opposite manner. This is the law of physics as well. This is the law of the world also. You may say, what nonsense are you talking? Because the universe is not like that. Of course, the universe is exactly like this. Have you not seen the rivers, the valleys, the, the, the rain, the crops are growing in a particular manner? You will find that there is drought in certain area, there is heavy rainfall in certain area. Huh? What do you think is the effect of? It's a cause and effect, isn't it? Sometimes it rains very hard. So here, where I am just now, we had the highest rainfall in the last 20 years. And the rainfall continues. But then was it there two years ago or three years ago? No. The nature reacts equally. There are lots of people in this world who have given us some very beautiful paintings and all or stories they have written or they have done certain amount of jobs but those jobs have not been paid for. The Nobel Prize or whatever prize that they get has not come during their lifetime. There are people who have made beautiful films or paintings but the paintings have got sold posthumously that means later on and somebody from their family has got the money. Not the one who has done it before. Most of these great people die paupers. They don't, uh, they, don't, they don't have any money. And someone else makes money. If you are that great God, do you think that is justice? That is not called justice at all. So the concept of karma is very very unique. And the Guru's requirement is, the Guru is required. See, we did two verses before this. Why is the Guru required? The Guru is required because he takes you through this, through this entire process of life, making you understand the process and how is it possible to get out of these loops. That is the only reason why the Guru is there. He is, he is doing his teachings. He trains you in a particular methodology. He tra trains you into how you can do your stuff in this world. So, we have now finished 12, so we will move on to 13. Verse 13 says, In this world, the mode of goodness is recognized as knowledge, a mode of passion as fruitive work, and the mode of darkness as ignorance. Time is perceived as an agitated interaction of the material modes, and the totality of function, functional propensities embodied by the primeval sutra or Mahatattva. Again, sounds very complicated. So, I have explained to you the three modes of nature. The first one is Sattva, second one is Rajas, third one is Tamas. Which means, first one is goodness. Goodness is also always considered knowledge is based in that. What is goodness? 
you know certain things knowledge is effulgent over there you understand a lot of stuff why is the person compassionate kind considerate loving why is that person who is in the mode of sattva so kind compassionate loving caring because that person has more knowledge it is when you empathize you know there is a word called empathy when you empathize with another person you understand their feelings you know if there is somebody who is hurt let us say you have somebody in life that person has met with an accident do you know how it hurts you don't till you actually go through that process but if you have gone through the process do you say that i know what it feels like yes of course you know in the last couple of days there is a great story which is doing the rounds which is weinstein story he is a, he is a producer of movies there are lots of women who are coming forward to say what is it that this movie producer did to them so you will find that they are coming up with different different stories so is one woman able to correlate to another yes of course if one woman has gone through rape or some kind of a thing a person who has not gone through rape will never understand that isn't it so it is only when you go through a process that you understand the other person's pain right and that is when you become more compassionate in life you understand the pain you understand the problem that the other person faces similarly in this world if you have never been poor in your life how will you understand poverty you cannot understand so there are poor people they are going through their trials and tribulations in life the rich people do not understand but if they are in the mode of goodness they will correlate to the problems of the poor the sufferers and that is called knowledge you learn to empathize with another person there are some people who are arrogant haughty angry and so on and so forth they actually don't understand what the other person goes through because they have never seen their part of the story now in most of the households there is always a young man and a young woman they do not see eye to eye with their parents is that correct they can never correlate to their parents because they have never become parents in their life so far so what will they understand about how the parents feel about children they don't they don't know anything in the same way you will find that there are mother in law daughter in law stories going on now suppose there is a daughter involved she will always consider her mother as god almighty but the sister in law is a villain in their life is a very very beautiful story in our puran which is about krishna story by the way krishna was in love with a very beautiful woman called radha 
Radha was married. She had a mother-in-law and a sister-in-law also, and her husband as well. So naturally, they used to make her do all kinds of jobs at home, and she was ill-treated. But if you see from every individual point of view, now if you understand the daughter-in-law's point of view, you will not become judgmental. If you understand the mother-in-law's point of view, you will not become judgmental. So goodness is defined as knowledge. So a knowledgeable person never takes any sides. Because every individual is right from their perspective. So the mother-in-law is always right from her perspective. If you understand the daughter-in-law's point of view, you will say the daughter-in-law is right from her perspective. Isn't that right? So if there is a son and a daughter, the mother and the father, that is the parents, are right from their perspective whereas the children are right from their perspective. So who is wrong over here? Nobody is wrong. Both of them do not see eye to eye. They are like this. They are not this way. They don't face each other. They are against each other. They will not agree. But a sattvic person, the person who is in the mode of goodness, is always going to understand every other point of view. That is why he is called knowledgeable person. Then, once you have knowledge, you become silent. You know why you become silent? Because you cannot take anybody's sides. If there are two countries fighting with each other, can you take one country's side? You cannot. So the spiritual people do not get involved in these kind of useless discussions. They will become silent because they are knowledgeable. I hope you understand what knowledgeable stands for now. The mode of passion is fruitive work. Any job that you do has to pay for it. So the person who is on the mode of passion is always expecting something in return. So you say, I am working very hard in a company. The company better pay me my salary. If the company doesn't pay you your salary, then what happens? There is a problem. Now if you call a laborer, a day laborer to your home, let us say you are called a plumber. And when the plumber has finished his job and he says, this is $150 and then you argue with that plumber in such a way, I say, you understand there is another plumber down the road, you know, he charges only $50. Why are you charging $150? And there becomes an argument, there comes an argument and during that argument you say, no, I am only going to give you 70 and the person who has demanded 150 finally gets 70. Now, I want you to make the judgment once again over here. Do you think that person is happy when he is paid $70? No. He is having a lot of ill will against you. You know what ill will is, no? He is going to curse you and say, I hope your pipeline bursts once again. Isn't that the truth? So this plumber will say, I hope your pipeline bursts and your house gets flooded. He is thinking that in his mind. And you who has given only $70, think I should have paid only 50 
Why did I pay 70? This fellow cheated me. Whereas that person is thinking he should have paid $150. Both are not seeing eye to eye to each other, isn't it? So, whereas the question of the second one is concerned, which is called the mode of passion, which is called rajas, rajaguna, there is no satisfaction in any kind of fruitive work. Please understand this once again. A man says, I have worked, I mean, if I use a very derogatory term, I have worked my ass out my entire life and I have never got paid for it. I have always worked very hard for y'all. He tells his parents, his children and his wife also. And he says, you know, I have been working for last so many years. Till today I have never seen any happiness in my life. He is in the mode of passion. Now passion is defined by fruitive work. Fruitive work, where has it happened? He is not happened with the he is not happy with the fruits. So which man is happy with the fruits? Do you think is there anybody in this world who is happy with what they get? Nobody is happy. If there is a property dispute, now let us say there is no will. There is no will. And this man dies interstate. Interstate means without any will. He has got three children. Do you think they can divide the property equally? No. You know the eldest son will say, I have been working very hard to you know, educate all these other children. My father died. I need a bigger share. So according to him, he needs at least 70%. But he ends up getting only 30% or 33%. The youngest one says, my elder brother is very rich. He should not get the property. He has his own properties. Why should he get such a big share? I need this entire share. I need 100%. And he gets only 33%. Is he happy with it? No. You will find that nobody is happy whereas fruity work is concerned. We always aim for something and we end up with something else. This is about work. Let me tell you about marriage also. It's a very interesting subject. I want to marry Kate Winslet. Oh my God! And I got to marry this bad, you know, horrible looking woman. My aspirations are never met, see? And the woman thinks, oh, I want to marry George Clooney. And look at this horrible guy I got to marry. Oh my God. So, and naturally, you are always going to be at logger's end. You know, you are never going to be happy. Even in marriage, you are not happy. With the children also, you are not happy. You know, you think that the child that you have should work hard, should become somebody great in this world. The parents believe, oh, I am going to send my son to Howard. And look at this idiot. He has left his school only. 
So aspirations of parents are never met. Similarly, the child says, I want to go to MIT. And look at this. They sent me to my local school over here. You know? Where is it going to get fulfilled? So the second mode, which is called the mode of passion, never gets fulfillment. And that is the reason why, though it is a passion means fruitive work, the fruitive work never pays anybody equally. Whatever they deserve. Nobody gets what they deserve. Okay? Whether it is a girl, whether it is a boy, they don't get what they deserve. Every girl will think she wants a very handsome looking guy. You know, like they used to have in the Mills and Bulls, tall, dark, handsome. And that person turns out to be a creep. You know? Then you have a problem. Just imagine him sitting on the sofa set, pot-bellied and just watching something on the TV, on Netflix. And she will say, you know, I always thought, you know, I wish I would have married the first date that I had. Oh! And that guy thinks, you know, I want somebody who will offer me a... Can you get me the beer from the from the fridge? Or you want a servant? So this is the place where we all suffer. That the term suffering happens this way. Alright? Now we come to another terminology. Which is called the third one. Which is called the mode of darkness as ignorance. Most of the people, even if they know something, they behave as if they don't know. You know how many people shy away from work? Even if they know the job, they will not want to do it. There is a person who, who is a local electrician. In his own house, the fan is not working or the AC is not working. He is not interested in repairing it. He says, this is my house. Why the hell should I work? I mean, justify it. You are a knowledgeable person and yet you don't want to do this work? Don't you think that is called ignorance? There are well-educated people who have great degrees. Look at their children. They have some fancy degrees. Look at their children. That man or that woman have never taught their children properly. You understand? There are farmers whose children are working in IT companies. Now, isn't it right that the farmer should teach his son or his daughter to farm? No. So, there is a problem there. Suppose your father is a chartered accountant and you don't know for nuts about how to spend money also and how to keep accounts. Is that justified? This is called the mode of ignorance. So I hope you understand what ignorance means. Ignorance means I don't know. I cannot do it. This is not possible. It is impossible. Can I just go away from here? You know people who want to shy away from responsibilities. Many a times in my satsang. You will find that I, it's my duty to point out what is wrong. And the first thing that the person turns up and says, I wish I can go to the Himalayas. Can I run away somewhere? Why? Are you not supposed to rectify the situation? But because you are in the mode of ignorance, you don't want to rectify, you want to run away. 
it is called ostrich mentality you know what an ostrich mentality is to shy away from responsibility suppose in your life you have a responsibility you have taken it as your you know life calling you want to help the homeless people do you think it is important that you only help one homeless person no if you are interested in doing you need to do it on a continuous basis suppose you go to japan you may say japan doesn't have homeless people who says japan also has no homeless people if you come to india i don't like this place it's all dirty why should i bother about the homeless you see the homeless in europe are very good they are very nice looking people you know they eat all the stuff which i can give them here these idiots they eat from the road side look at the clothes that they are wearing i don't want to help in this country is that so you are a hypocrite now i help homeless in the americas what about sudan congo eritrea and all those countries don't you think that there are those kind of people over there whom you need to help also if you go there you cannot have biases in life it has to be you need to help everybody this is called the third mode which is called ignorance so time is perceived as agitated interaction of the material modes and the totality of functional propensity is embodied by the primeval sutra or mahatatva very difficult line time is perceived as an agitated interaction of the material modes how you do you judge time krishna over here is telling you time is actually imaginary you may say what nonsense are you saying time cannot be imaginary i know i have lived for 50 years of my life how can time be imaginary it is because you are counting the time of this body from the time of birth you are counting the time of birth of this body isn't it time is nothing to do with the body as a body you are affected by time but as a spiritual person you are not affected by time most of my disciples and my students know that i am how many years old <laughs> if you are to ask me what is your age so i will say i am only 16 you know why i am 16 because my rebirth happened in 2001 So it is sixteen years. Two thousand seventeen minus two thousand one will give you sixteen years. No, but you are an old man. That you are seeing the age of the body. But I can say clearly, I am only sixteen. As far as spiritual world is concerned, this body may be an existing phenomena, but spiritually, I started at sixteen years. that is why it is 16 in the same way do you think you know what you are talking about do you think your 
your age begins when you took birth no you understand how birth happens birth happens in a longitudinal it's a, it's a straight line like this you are born and you die there is a straight line drawn from age g 0 0 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 you can go up to suppose you are alive till 75 years from from 0 to 75 this is how you are gone in a straight line time travels in a straight line isn't it for you but in spiritual world time does not travel in a straight line time is a continuous phenomena it is called a continuous phenomenon it is an ongoing process so can you tell me how many years has the earth gone round the sun oh billion years maybe or maybe 10 billion years i don't know so there is a time when the earth came into the picture and then it started rotating round the sun it's called a revolution not rotation so it ro- revolved around the sun and that is the day it started so when is it going to end so the earth didn't start a few thousand years ago it started billions and billions nobody knows when it started you can just do hypothetical situation oh i think i can study the stars and then i can come up with some age you don't even know what you are talking about from adam by the way today when people talk about what happened 200 years ago they don't know what has happened so time is a relative figure and that is the reason why he says over here time is perceived as an agitated interaction of material modes when the material modes are intermingling then time happens You see, when you go to the bank and you take a loan, doesn't the bank tell you repayable in twenty years? They are taking the calendar, the Julian calendar, and they are saying, "Oh, you started the loan in two thousand and seventeen. On first of October, you have to pay it in twenty years." That is called a time frame. It is totality of functional propensity is functional in nature according to us it has got we believe in certain things and that belief need not be the truth and is em- embodied by the primeval sutra or mahatatva what is it embodied by time immemorial nobody knows nobody knows time by the way don't even say i know time so did you understand that mahatatva do you remember this example i gave you just now about the sun and the earth so when did the earth start the revolution so you plot backwards in time you do a graph and you plot backwards in time oh 5 billion years ago so you think time started 5 billion years ago you are not even sure about it you mean to say before that there was no time did you understand so exactly what the verse says the mahat tatva 
the creative and things that are there in this world only when the creative things interact with each other that we believe the time starts that is when i said to you when is the baby born we think the baby comes into the womb when the mother is x number of months pregnant no it has nothing to do with that you are an ongoing phenomena which is appear disappear appear disappear appear disappear appear disappear you appear disappear appear disappear you that is yourself have always come and gone come and gone taken birth and gone away taken birth and gone away that is defined by birth respective to that particular lifetime of yours this lifetime what body you have just now you will say that i was born in the year 1975 you know you somebody will say that so you are so many years old but where were you before and where will you be after death so that is the reason why time cannot be calculated from the birth to the death okay it's an ongoing process and it is directly related to the mahatatva these are the elemental things in nature you have always been there and you will always be there this is the end of verse 13 so we will start verse 14 from next week onwards now i will just recap the whole thing for you there are three gunas sattva rajas and tamas sattva is all about goodness rajas is all about activity and tamas is all about inactivity basically ignorance they define your future how you can transact business in the future the concept of karma comes into the picture because of transactions and transactions are directly correlated to time but time is immemorial so transactions are directly proportional to birth and death birth and death are relative in terms you take your birth and your death into account but you were there before birth and you are going to be there after your death also it's a continuous process this is what these three verses have explained to us so i will stop over here and then i will see you all in the coming week thank you